Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Friday, June 19th. Happy Juneteenth. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. EA showcases Star Wars Squadrons, announces Skate is coming back, and brings a bunch of its games to Steam. A new Crash Bandicoot game has leaked. Cyberpunk PS4 will be backwards compatible on PlayStation 5. And The Last of Us Part 2 is finally out today. EA showcases Star Wars Squadrons and reveals a new skate is in development, even though it didn't really have anything to show about it. EA shared its EA Play presentation last night, and it is basically what would have been its E3 presentation had E3 proper existed this year. It was hosted by Kinda Funny's Greg Miller, who was always fun and energetic, and while many of the announcements were small, they were exciting. First up was Apex Legends, a game that recently celebrated the launch of a new season and a new playable legend, as they are called. Apex Legends' Lost Treasure event is starting on June 23rd, but the big news about the game is its new platforms. It is coming to both Steam and Switch this fall, which I am very excited about. I would love to play that game on Switch. Respawn hasn't done anything on Switch yet, so I am curious to see what it can do. It is a very talented developer. Crossplay will also be coming to Apex Legends this fall, and it will cover all the platforms, including Steam and Switch. Crossplay was actually a big theme for the EA Play presentation, as you will learn. Next up, EA announced that Sims 4 is available on Steam, which is exciting, and also quickly revealed that A Way Out, Titanfall 2, and Dead Space 3 would all be available on Steam immediately. EA Originals were up next, which highlights smaller games from EA's collection of indie developers, and it was led in by a pretty snazzy remix of an Alt-J song, which is a, a band I like a lot. Yosef Ferez, the creator of Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, and A Way Out, revealed his studio Hazelight's next game. They also gave Yosef Ferez a lot of room to talk about his game, which is good, because Ferris is always fun to listen to. He admits that he perhaps has too much confidence, but it's charming in a way that's thankfully not obnoxious. In any case, It Takes Two is about a young girl struggling with her parents' divorce, so she creates figures of her parents, and the game is an action platformer where two players control the two figures. Ferris had a lot of weird things to say about the game, And he said that, in a way, you're controlling the emotions of the figures as much as you're actively controlling them through the action platformer adventure. And he said he is really focused on marrying gameplay mechanics and story, which he is undeniably good at. I honestly think the ending of Brothers is maybe one of the best examples of that in video games, period. He also had this weird tangent where he said 
The game doesn't have an ending, but he quickly backtracked and said it does have an ending. And he described this wild scenario of a roller coaster crashing in space. It sounds crazy. And even though A Way Out didn't really do much for me, I really think Brothers is amazing. And I will always be interested in what Ferris is working on next. The developer behind Fee, Zoink, showcased its next game, Lost in Random. It follows a little girl on something akin to a Alice in Wonderland type journey through a world called Random. It's a dark fairy tale, and everything has this great wooden figure kind of look to it. It's very cool. The protagonist also has a dice companion that she can use to change the world, apparently. The game is about embracing the randomness and uncertainty of life, and it is releasing next year. I'm excited for this one. I didn't love Fee, but it's one of those games where I recognized the intent. And I had some very cool moments, but just didn't quite feel fully executed. There is definitely some talent at Zoink, so I am excited to see it keep working on interesting games. Final Strike Games showed Rocket Arena, which is a Rockets-only multiplayer shooter. It is coming out July 14th and will support crossplay. Arguably the highlight of the show, Star Wars Squadrons, was shown next. The game had already been announced, but it was nice to get a deeper dive. The game's director, Ian Frazier, shared some of his childhood Star Wars art, you know, to prove his fandom, and then talked about how Star Wars Battlefront 2 was just the starting line for pilot combat, and explained some interesting high-level mechanics like moving power around your ship from your lasers to your engines to pull off crazy loops and impressive reversals. The game takes place shortly after Return of the Jedi, and in the beginning you will actually create two pilots, an Empire pilot and a New Republic pilot, and the story will jump back and forth between the two factions, so you will be able to see both sides of the ongoing war the game is all in first person, and the UI is all built into the cockpit, so that's where you will be getting all your pertinent information from. There will also be eight different types of ships to pilot, and there will be Empire and New Republic versions of each ship. Outside of the single-player campaign, there will be a focus on online play. Dogfight mode is basically five versus five, and along with your expected weapons, you will also have access to stuff like turrets and tractor beams depending on your loadout fleet battle is apparently the signature mode and it's five versus five again but this time you will either be attacking or defending a fleet of ships the attacking team will have to get past multiple large ships to ultimately take out one gigantic ship and there are multiple avenues of attack whether it's stealthy or just an all-out assault you have options and you can kind of plan it out before each match and figure out your loadouts and stuff like that the game will also support crossplay, lots of opportunities to customize your ships and your pilot, and it will be fully playable in VR. It looks pretty great. I am excited to see what the single player campaign looks like. That's the part of the game I am personally most interested in. Next gen footage of Madden and FIFA were then shown, and it looked great, but there just wasn't a lot to say or to show off. It was mostly a hype trailer about how exciting sports are in general, with some gameplay scattered throughout. EA ended its play presentation with a handful of teases. Criterion, the studio known for the Burnout series and the recent Need for Speed games, teased its next project by showing off some next-gen cars and highlighting super-fast loading. DICE, the developer behind the Battlefield series, showed off some next-gen tech as well, 
teasing what the next Battlefield might look like without actually making any concrete announcements. Bioware was mentioned briefly, and a series of fantasy landscape shots were shown. They looked very impressive, and I think it's safe to assume we were seeing environments from the next Dragon Age. But the words Dragon Age were never said, so nothing confirmed there. Motive, which is an internal studio within EA, has up to this point really only offered support to other EA games, but it showed what appeared to be an original project. We saw a third-person character doing some impressive platforming and using some kind of gravity gun to move blocks around. It will apparently be some kind of creative game, whatever it is. And though they didn't say in the play presentation, it's safe to assume that Kim Swift, who was behind the original Portal, it seems like she might be involved with that, whatever it is. And finally, EA saved its biggest surprise for last, They had no gameplay to show or release window or anything, but a new Skate is in development. Cuz Perry, creative director on Skate, Darren Chung, game director, both appeared, and they seemed genuinely very excited to say that even though it is very early, a new Skate is on the way. Cuz Perry said, I can't believe you commented this into existence, kind of talking about how people just kept talking about Skate and wanting more Skate. And I think he was specifically talking to my former co-worker, video producer at Game Informer, Leo Vader, who has made it his personal campaign to bring Skate back. So congrats, Leo. You finally did it. Overall, it wasn't a presentation with any bombshells or big, exciting announcements. No new dead spaces or anything like that, which I didn't expect, but would have loved to see. Star Wars Squadrons looks cool. I am glad Skate is coming back at some point. And I liked both of the EA originals that were shown. So overall, it was a it was a good presentation. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. A new Crash Bandicoot game, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, leaks. A new Crash Bandicoot was apparently set to be announced next week, but the gun has officially been jumped, as the Taiwan Digital Game Rating Committee has rated a game called Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, and then, to top it all off, the game's box art leaked, which adds some additional confirmation of the game's existence. 
Gamatsu's Sal Romano reported on the leak and shared the game's description from the ratings board, and it reads, Crash is relaxing and exploring his island in his time, 1998, when he finds a mysterious mask hidden away in a cave, Lonnie Loli. The mask is one of the quantum masks and apparently knows Aku Aku, Crash's mask friend. With the quantum masks returning and a quantum rift appearing near our heroes, they decide to bravely head through to different times and dimensions to stop whoever is responsible. According to Daniel Ahmad at ZHugeX on Twitter, who is a good source for game leaks like this, this game was planned to be announced during the Summer Game Fest June 22nd showcase. The game is apparently being developed by Toys for Bob, the studio that made the Spyro Reignited Trilogy remaster, which is surprising. I think everyone assumed a new Crash Bandicoot was in the works after the success of Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy Remake. At least I did, but I thought it would be made by Vicarious Visions, the studio that developed that remake. Vicarious Visions is currently busy with the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake, so I guess it's up to Toys for Bob. The other weird thing about the remake, the game's subtitle, It's About Time, which is good. It's a good pun, considering the gap between numbered crash games and the fact that the game is about time travel. But the thing is, it's also the subtitle that Plants vs. Zombies 2 used initially when it released in 2013. It weirdly dropped the subtitle at a certain point, which is a whole separate weird thing, but it's funny that Crash has picked it up and is now using it. I'm all about this, honestly. I hope they make it play close to the original games. Just straightforward, old-school Crash Bandicoot 3D platforming. I think that's what Crash fans want from new Crash games. Cyberpunk 2077 will be backwards compatible on both PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. A recent CD Projekt Red conference call revealed a few more details about Cyberpunk 2077. That's all good news. The big detail, which is interesting mainly because PlayStation 5's backwards compatibility is still up in the air, is that the PlayStation 4 version of Cyberpunk 2077 will work on a PlayStation 5. CD Projekt Red said as much in the call, but then confirmed it later with a tweet that read, We are happy to confirm that Cyberpunk 2077 will be backwards compatible with both next-gen consoles. Your PS4 copy of the game will work on PS5 on launch day. Anyone who buys the game on Xbox One will be able to play their copy on Xbox Series X when the console launches too. So it sounds like the Xbox Series X version of the game still has the upper hand in the sense that buying the Xbox One version of the game will get you the Xbox Series X version without having to rebuy the game. But it's good to know that if you put a Cyberpunk 2077 PlayStation 4 disc in your PlayStation 5, that it will work. Some other details from the call, according to a Resetera thread that is linked in the show notes. The game will look better on next-gen consoles on day one, but the official next-gen, quote, more robust update release version of the game is planned for 2021. CD Projekt is planning expansions for the game in the future, but they didn't detail anything beyond that. Also, the multiplayer portion of the game, which is something I really haven't heard much about, has been delayed alongside the main game. I guess it was something that was going to be added after release, but whatever date was originally planned for its release, it has now also been delayed 
by two months, just like the main game. Here's what released today. The Last of Us Part 2 is out today, which is very exciting. I beat the game last night after getting a code from Sony a few days ago. It's a violent, intense, scary, often horrifying, sad, cathartic experience that I hope you will play. It is definitely one that will be bouncing around in my head and I will be thinking about for months and years to come. I really loved it. I don't know that I loved it more than the first Last of Us, but ask me again in a few months. They're definitely neck and neck for me, which is an impressive feat considering just how affecting that first game is. I am eager to see the discussion surrounding that game move away from people who didn't like what they learned about the game from spoilers and more towards people discussing the game after having taken the full experience in. It really is something that you will want to play and take in in full. Burnout Paradise Remastered is out today on Switch. Burnout Paradise is a fantastic racing game, maybe one of the best racing games ever made that is highly replayable, and for that reason, I am super happy to see it on Switch. Its price tag is concerning, though. It's $50, which is pretty high for a port of a game that came out in 2009, Despite there being a lot of people excited about having Burnout Paradise on Switch, I think many of them will be turned off by that price tag. And EA, who has been trepidatious about releasing games on Switch, won't see a lot of sales for it and assume it shouldn't be taking the time to port games to Switch as a result, which would be a big mistake because we really need to get the Mass Effect and Dead Space trilogies on Switch as soon as possible. The Coma 2 Vicious Sisters is out today on Switch and PlayStation 4, and it looks thematically like Silent Hill, with a little bit of visual novel in there. It's about a young girl who finds herself in a twisted, weird version of her school, and she gets pursued by a monstrous version of her teacher. It looks very creepy. That's it for video game news today. I talked about finishing The Last of Us Part Two last night already, and as much as I really enjoyed that game, I am happy to have finished it and am eager to get back to other games. Final Fantasy Thirteen is the big one that I want to return to, but I also want to play some Borderlands 3 with my wife. I've played a fair bit of Borderlands, but it's not one we've ever played together, which is kind of weird. If you have corrections, just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kylem Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyleatridehome.info, and please, you know, think about giving the podcast a review, wherever you listen to it. It's helpful. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator. I played some Jack and Daxter today in honor of The Last of Us Part Two coming out. I think I'm going to pick up where I left off with Metroid Other M next week. I think that's the one that I'm going to see to the end. It's a random one, but I think it'll be fun. And you can find me on the Min Max Show for more long-form video game discussion. Also, one quick thing. Got an email from Aaron who said, If you're still taking requests to magically have games be announced, how about a shout-out to Final Fantasy Tactics? How has a new one not already been announced? So, Aaron, uh, I hate to break it to you, but I don't think Final Fantasy Tactics, a new one anyway, is going to happen. I would love to be wrong, though, about Final Fantasy Tactics. I will talk to you more about video games on Monday.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.